We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm an basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers speak basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello, and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Cranjus McBasketball. And Tim, we got Lakers basketball, baby. What more could you ask for other than, you know, 19 minutes of LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing together? I, that was a random number. I wasn't looking at it. but I just... <laughs> No, it's, they're back. It's good. Uh, back, yesterday baby. wasn't as good. Um, it's, I, I'm learning it's more about the players and not just the jerseys. We need, we need the real guys playing. Uh, Are you so... saying it's the guys on the names on the back of the jersey and not the name on the front? Uh, for preseason basketball, yes. <laughs> okay. <Yep, that's... laughs> um, no, but each game, we're learning more and more. We're not going to learn from like the, the final score, I don't think. But like how the team is trying to play has taught us so much in these three games so far. And seeing different guys pop off has been exciting. So I am optimistic about the season, feeling good. It was fun to see. Like even last night, it was Lonnie Walker's debut. It was Jay Huff's debut. So like there have been different, you know, purposes for watching the various games, depending on who's playing. So it's been it's been a good time so far. We had gone so long without basketball. So I'm just so ready for it. Hope and the excitement that anything can happen of the first couple preseason games, the mm-hmm. overreactions. Um, yeah, it was excellent to watch basketball again, even though, uh, yeah, Lakers, what, 0 3 now in the preseason? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because, Tim, my big takeaway is this team can put out some pretty damn good defensive lineups. If I had a general takeaway, and it kind of can be cut up in a different couple different lineups, like, there's some defensive foundation here now that the team went out and added Patrick Beverly to add, you know, shore up the backcourt. You know, you're seeing Russell Westbrook actually try on help defense, which, okay, just really quick, he, he tries, Tim. He doesn't have the timing, which is like, He's trying, though. So I rescind my my statement last pod to where questioning whether he would do it or not. Now I question if he can be good at something if you don't do it after years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes and no. It's a different kind of Because he was trying. Defense. He was trying. He, he's been an active guy when it comes to stunting, which I think is what you're mostly referring to. Um, the scheme offensively we'll talk about it's brand new it's fun and it's and it's exciting the defensive scheme is also very different from last year and how it's looked so far has changed my perception of russell westbrook lonnie walker how dennis schroeder is going to play there are certain elements of like off-ball defense that some of these guys are bad at that this scheme doesn't ask you to do and that raises their stock in my eyes so yeah we've seen instead of russell westbrook needing to you know, tag a roll man at the rim or when his teammates doing that, him rotate down to zone up or like, you know, you know, help the helper. He doesn't have to do that anymore. He's been bad at that. Instead, he gets to ball watch like he's been doing. And then (laughs) when there's a drive happening, go help and recover. 
And that's that's like the one help he needs to do. And it's much easier for him. It's not at the rim, so his size doesn't matter as much. Like you said, the timing hasn't been great. But I th- see that as so much more doable for him than the other kinds of rotations we've seen him need to do in the past. So I'm I'm high on him for that reason. I I don't think it's it's quite like so so it's it's just fine, right? It's not like great mm-hmm. positive influence on the help defense or mm-hmm. and and there's hope it can get better, sure, but it's it's still to me kind of holds some question marks of whether he can be a part of a closing lineup when mm-hmm. you're trying to play lockdown defense and and you know beat the other team in winning time. Yeah, and so he's been better at that help part. He's still doing the same stuff where like he's losing his man, getting mm-hmm. face cut where they cut right in front of him, getting yeah. back cut where they cut behind him. Just some of the normal, like these are kind of high school basketball principle kind of defense things. He's still making mistakes with. And that part hasn't changed and the scheme's not going to change that. So that's the like pay attention element of it that we need him to really tap into. We need the, the staff to hold him accountable. So far in his career, it hasn't seemed like that's been the case. It wasn't last year. If they can fix that part, I actually might feel good about him being like passable defensively. Um, So far, I don't like his on-ball defense. His ball screen navigation hasn't looked better to me. He looks like the same guy. Just his help partitions have been – he's asked to do different things in it. It Mm -hmm. props him up a little bit. So his stock has raised a little bit, but I don't think his like talent has made any kind of like jump from the off season. So I, my overall expectations for his defense are still pretty tempered. I still think he'll be a negative. And what we're going to keep it fast and loose here, just mainly talking preseason thoughts. So we're kind of bounce around, but what did you think about him on the offensive end? Because from my view, I saw someone who is trying a lot, to not force things, which kind of sounds, you know, counterintuitive, but he, you know, last season, he's overly aggressive, forcing shots that weren't there. This seems like a lot more, he's playing through the offense, playing through other guys and kind of taking what's there instead of forcing things like, you know, hammer to, to a nail. Yeah. It's uh, for him and for the team in general, I've seen less. I'm trying to pull up the data right now to, I haven't actually looked at this until until right now. Is the team actually isolating less or does it just seem like that? Because I've seen less forcing. And the reason for that, from my perspective, is like one, he's buying into the structure around him. But that structure, there's now a motion offense for this team, which was not there before. It was, hey, maybe we'll run a pick and roll. Maybe we'll run a pin down. If it doesn't work, ISO. Somebody ISO. Uh, and for Russ, we didn't love it. For LeBron or AD, we were like, okay, this is fine. Um, this could be really good. Depends how much help is coming. But um, for Russ, it's generally been when like he's forcing things and playing isolation basketball. It usually hasn't been good. He'll have his moments. Yeah, okay. The Lakers have isolated 5% of the time so far this preseason, which is pretty darn low. Um, I get that okay. the big three hasn't played all of a bunch of minutes, but... So take take into account, right? Like none of these like <laughs> second unit guys, like Cole Swider's not isolating. Like Scotty Pippen's is, not isolating. He's sometimes, but but yeah, they don't want to be. But the thing is, right. for them or the, the better players, what's happening is like, okay, if the initial set play doesn't work, we still know where everybody should be standing. And I know if I dribble at this guy, this is what's going to happen. If I pass it to that guy, this is what I should do next. So there's a there's always an alternative to forcing up a shot. And we're seeing the team run offense and create just more scoring chances rather than with 16 seconds left in the shot clock, there be no plan. And that to me is the big difference. There's always an option to do something. It's not, okay, crap, we have to run another play and everybody needs to go stand in a new position. It's we're already in the right positions based on how the plays are already set up. So we can just flow into something new. And that leads to, it's primarily been more pick and rolls, more dribble handoffs, occasionally pin down screens, but there's just always something able to be happening. And we've seen that impact the starting unit, the bench unit, and Russ is leaning into it. Some guys aren't leaning all that much into it. Scotty Pippen's kind of done his own thing a little bit. He's gone rogue a couple of plays. Um, but Russ has leaned into it and credit to him for doing so. But I do really want to highlight that structure because it's not just like Russ is deciding instead of ISO, I'm going to like, you know, run a dribble handoff. Like that's part of the offense. All right, well, let's let's dig deeper into the offense outside of Russell Westbrook as well. What are you seeing out there, Tim? Because you mentioned that isolation isolation percentage. 
unthinkable. And sure, it's small sample size. We need to kind of always say that, right? But we're trying to draw reactions out of the, the limited amount of time that we've seen, at least so far with this new crew. So what's some of the new scheme stuff you're seeing? How are these guys being used together? And I don't know, what should we, ex we be expecting more? Great question. Big picture looking at play types. This team is not isolating much at all relative to other teams. They are running ball screens at about an average rate. They are getting in transition at about an average rate. They're running a lot of handoffs. And that, to me, is, is the one area that we're seeing a little bit more. They're running that. So this is what they'll do. Either they will run a set play out of five out or horns, where you've got two players at the elbows, two in the corners, ball handle at the top of the key. Those are their two primary formations to run set plays. If they're not doing that, they will default to their half-court motion offense where two guys in the corners, two at the slots, one guy in the dunker spot, and he can run back and forth. And there's a motion offense built off of it where um, there's just a lot of ball screens and handoffs built in. And there's just constant, you know, you're constantly asking the defense to make decisions and communicate with each other. There's and the more you motion. do that, yeah, yeah, there's constant motion. Um, it's so different from what we're used to seeing. I've been diagramming every single play and every single option within their motion offense. And that through three games, I have 26 pages of a PDF of what they've run so far. They've run like, gosh, let me see how many uh, horns plays they've run. They've run one, two, three, four, two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14. They've run 15 horns plays in three different games. Like 15 unique plays in three games. That's ridiculous. It's like the size of Frank Vogel's season-long playbook. Like Right, right. So, Tim, <laughs> Tim, really quick, I just want to kind of like break this down because I know you say horns, but people who aren't as you know knowledgeable about basketball plays, I just want to lay this out and compare it to football for people, mm -hmm. right? So there's the like the I formation. There's all these different formations. Would you compare horns to like a specific play or more of a formation that they're running several plays out of? Great question. That's a very common misconception. Same thing with the four out one in. We hear people say, oh, the four out one in offense. They're, you know, you, everybody runs four out one in at high school, college, pro. It's just a formation. Horns is a formation. When I say horns, there are two players in the corners. There's a ball handle at the top of the key. And then there are two guys at the elbows, um, you know, at the, each end of the free throw line. That is the horns formation. And then from that one formation, we've seen the Lakers run 15 unique plays that are organized sets that they will call out and create different actions. And I would say, and this is, you know, I'll, I'll share more video on Twitter because it's easier to communicate visually with this sort of thing. But I'll just speak to the quality of those, those the, the design, the concepts. It's very good. It's better than anything I've seen a Lakers team run since I've been a Lakers analyst through the Byron Scott years, Luke Walton years, or Frank Vogel years. This is this is the best we've seen. And with how much scheme has improved over the years, I think you can make an, an argument that, you know, if this continues throughout the season, this will be the best offensive scheme the Lakers have ever run, um, uh, which is crazy to think about. That's a bold statement uh, three games in, but I've seen very purposeful, coherent design, them running a bunch of sets out of horns. They play off of each other. They have counters built in. They, they, put players in positions to succeed. We're not asking big men to do things they shouldn't be doing or guards to do things they shouldn't be doing. Um, I like the optimization of the players. And then with the motion offense, you just always have in your back pocket something to go to if the play breaks down. And that is just dramatically going to reduce the amount of everybody standing around 1v1 basketball that we're used to seeing. And that doesn't work in the NBA unless you just have tremendously more talent than everyone else, which this team does not have. So... If they have a chance to make noise, this needed to happen, and it looks like it's you know checking that box. So I'm really excited. And I think an important thing to remember is the way I view how the how teams uh, run their schemes. It comes down to um, the people putting positions to succeed, that doing things that they are skilled at or can show growth in. And also maintaining the kind of buy-in where they're willing and and more than willing even to do that consistently, to make that back cut, even though you know the percentage of you getting the ball on that cut is very small. And selling that back cut or that screen, that curl, any little thing 
it's like if you were on, you know, again, like in football, if you've got receivers on both sides and one guy is dogging it, he's not making a tough break because he knows he's not getting the ball. Defense immediately can see like that corner has come down. He'll help the box, right? He'll help stop the run. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's to me, it's the same kind of buy-in that is only seen through time. Now we can rant and rave all we want, and I'm super stoked to hear and it, it just for my eye, right? No, I'm less knowledgeable basketball fan than you in these things. I can see the motion and how you get random things when you're on the same page. It's if it's the jazz band that they're learning the same scales, right? They're learning the same places to be or kind of um, expecting what they expect from each other, mm-hmm. and that only keeps. And builds if everyone buys in. And that's yeah. that's the consistent that you need. And the reason why what we've seen so far results-wise hasn't matched up with what I'm talking about now is because, you know, unlike a jazz band where you go buy your ticket, you get dressed up, you go show up, you're there for the concert. We're watching – we're basically watching the early practices of them figuring oh. out what yeah. they should be doing. So we're seeing these guys make mistakes that are – fine to be making two games in a preseason, a game into preseason. I'm not concerned about that. The design is at a new caliber that we haven't seen as Lakers fans. And I think that's the important part. The players, as they get more reps through these games, through practices, through shootarounds, the execution will catch up. And ultimately, I, I think we're headed in the right direction. The other thing is, too, we've seen a lot of minutes where lineups are out there that don't really make sense. We saw Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant minutes together in the one game we've seen, I mean, yesterday's game, it was like deep bench guys for most of the game. Yeah. They're not going to be as good at the, especially the freelance like motion. They will not be as good. You know, JTA coming off of a handoff isn't as good as LeBron coming off of a handoff or Kendrick Nunn coming off a handoff. So keep those two things in mind. It's early. They're working on execution and like the guys that are doing this, it's not the highest, you know, quality. We're not throwing our best punches with this. And then also, because the team is just building out what they're doing, there are still some holes. We saw in the first game how the Kings in the second half were able to really up their pressure off ball and kind of deny passes, and it really mucked things up because the Lakers didn't have any pressure releases is, is the, the phrase I would use for if we're overplayed, here's how here's the play we call to take advantage of the defense's aggressiveness. They didn't have that for the first two games. Yesterday, they built in three separate unique plays specifically to beat to be pressure release valves and not just a, you know, you know, pass the ball to somebody, but like take advantage of them and get a scoring opportunity off of it. So we're seeing them problem solve as we watch game by game. We saw in the first game they didn't have much to attack drop coverage. By now, we've seen like six different concepts to beat drop coverage. Um, we saw nothing really to beat switching in the first game. Second game, they introduced stuff to beat switching. So from my perspective as someone who spends way too much time looking at X's and O's, I'm seeing them clearly go rung by rung up the ladder. And you can't jump all the way to the top, uh, but you you know they're, they're climbing up and, and they're headed in the right direction. All right, let's switch gears a little bit here. I want to talk quickly about a couple of things to see if they concern you at all. And again, concern with an asterisk because it's, it's like three preseason games. Um, defensive rebounding. Is that a concern for you? It looked really bad against the Kings. Uh, it seems to get a little bit better. Uh, I think they have some players to help on the guard position who can pinch down. But Tim, that's going to mean less opportunities in transition, which apparently is not the primary focus of our offense, despite my mm-hmm. wailings last week. Um, defensive rebounding, you worried at all about it? I Yes, I'm worried about it because both Turner and Bryant are not above average rebounders for their position. And also because we have seen so far a good number of minutes where the power forward on court is LeBron, who's not a good rebounder for a four, uh, JTA, who's not a good rebounder for a four, and like Cole Swider, who's not a good rebounder for a four. Um, if we're playing smaller, we're going to be more vulnerable. If we have Jones or Bryant at the five, we have AD or get Gabriel at the four. And I think Gabriel's a key piece to this. And then we have LeBron or JTA at the three. We have enough front court size that I, I don't know. We're not going to be a great rebounding team, but it'll be good enough. 
I just want to point out, you said Turner instead of Jones. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> That's so, why you're laughing. Um, <laughs> a little Freudian slip there, Tim. Do you mm. want to? Do you want to? Let's do it, Tim. After what you've seen in these few games in the preseason, do you think Miles Turner and Buddy Heald make this team a contender? Yes, 100%. And our presentation of that trade in previous podcasts has been, we think this makes the Lakers a contender, which is why we're interested in it. If the scheme is good, if Kendrick Nunn's healthy, if Austin Reeves makes a jump, things like that, those are all happening. All of those things are happening. So there, it was like, this gets you most of the way, but then there's the, uh, that uncertainty. That uncertainty is taken care of. The only big thing is if the team isn't healthy, nothing they do matters, but there's, that's not a way to operate. You can't, at this point, you can't, like, there, you will never get confirmation that they won't get injured later in the season. You're never, you can't prove God doesn't exist. Um, (laughs) So like you can't just live in fear, not making a trade because, you know, maybe 50 games in somebody gets injured. There's no way to know that today. So that has to be thrown out as part of the decision-making, but all those other little pieces, they've fallen into place. And that to me makes me feel really good about it. And then also the fact that the scheme on both ends of the court fits these two guys real freaking well makes me feel really good about it. Turner in place of Jones or Bryant, like I love it. Healed out there instead of Max Christie running off of Spain pick and rolls and shooting threes (laughs) in motion, it's him. Oh, dude, like I love it. The fit is there. It's almost like some of these plays, I'm like, I like this play. I would really like to see Buddy Healed in this position of that play. Like they already have the plays for Buddy Healed and Miles Turner in the playbook. So I agree. I agree with you, by the way. But – after three preseason games, you feel that confident to say those things about the offense, about none, about Reeves. It's I feel like a lot of people, maybe it's confirmation bias because we already believe that to begin with. We want to believe that. Again, these this skill set, adding the shooting to this team that clearly needs shooting will help in a way that can bolster the rest of the things that they're good at, including the mm-hmm. defensive lineups. They make, but we've talked about this before. The other players on this team can make Buddy Heald and Miles Turner better, and they will make the other players on the team better. It's a symbiotic relationship that works incredibly well together. And I guess even more so after what you've seen, but after three preseason games, you're still willing to go there. I think so. And I don't think a trade is imminent. I like the reason they like just haven't made the trade so far. They did the reason they didn't make it right before media day was because they weren't fully bought into the idea that it would make him a contender. I think over preseason and over the first 10 to 15 to 20 games, the Lakers front office can, you know, if this stuff continues and if those steps continue to, to be taken moving forward, I think they can get to that point where they say, you know what? We are that one move away. We also need the Pacers from their side to, probably start slow and you know from watching uh Wemby and watching Scoot uh say you know what we would like to you know buy more into tanking and and get a good get a good draft pick so if the Lakers start not too hot because if they start great and Russell Westbrook looks like a superstar they're they won't need to make the trade from their perspective if they start too poorly they're going to say we're more than one move away we need them to be good but not too good for this trade to kind of stay alive. And then we need from a pacer perspective, them to start poorly. So that's, I guess what to root for. I mean, obviously we're for the Lakers to do as well as possible. Um, given what their schedule looks like to start the year, we're not going to see them be undefeated 10 games into the season, 20 games into the season. So that's what I'm looking at there. And then another element is I like how the scheme it's, it's such a better, the, the players that they brought in with like Beverly Walker, um, Reeves has this, Nunn has this, Buddy Heald has this. There's some playmaking, there's some handoff ball screen scoring, there's some ball handling, but a lot of those guys, I was looking at them as like, all right, well, how will Lonnie Walker operate as an off ball player? Because he's not going to be on ball in this offense. Now that we've seen the scheme, I now know that all of those guys, the fact that they can do some of those things will be tapped into because it's so interchangeable and you're just constantly flowing into different actions. You can't run this year's offense with Lad, with Kent Bazemore and Trevor Ariza. It won't work. Um, the fact that you have a bunch of guys who have a like competent level of passing and ball handling and 
and like attacking off the dribble actually fits really well. And Buddy Heald last year, once he got to Indiana, he flashed a ton of playmaking and ball handling that we didn't see as much with the Kings. So he's more than a shooter. He is a great shooter, but he would fit into this as well. And it, this is, you know, we I think I talked about this maybe a year ago. A quarterback in football, when they're calling a play out, they know where everybody's going to be. So they know what their reads are. And it's easier to find the open man and, and make a quick decision. If everyone, if you're playing pickup football and everyone's running in different directions, it's really hard to read everything and make the best throw possible because you don't really have keys or reads to read off of. With this offense now, they're creating those keys and those reads within their sets. And they're also within the motion offense, you know exactly where everybody's standing and where they should be and what they should be doing. So it elevates the playmaking of an Austin Reeves, of a Pat Beverly, of a Lonnie Walker, of a Buddy Heald when he's, if, and when he's over here. So in so many ways it fits and, and I'm still rooting for it. I feel very, very strongly at this point, even though it's early. I agree, but we're going to get yelled at if we keep talking about this. So mm-hmm. uh, let's take a quick break. And on the other side, let's talk about some some positive growth that we've seen from some of the, the guys on the team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so coming back in, there's been a few standouts that, like you mentioned, Austin Reeves before. I think, you know, based even on just that last game alone, like the the playmaking that he uh, he showed. Sorry, that might have been against Phoenix. Re- looked really good as a mm-hmm. as more of a the primary. Phoenix team, he had like yeah. eight assists or something yeah. like that. He looked like such a good connector piece um, on a good team. Like that guy is good at fucking basketball shout out austin reeves man like i know you're too cool to watch when Yama play you're playing blackjack did you see that did you see that Tim? i did see that yeah that was funny <laughs> he shouldn't care what does he care? he does it and i love him for it uh my man saw, saw the twitter highlights and was like that's fine i was at the tables love you austin Come back soon. He looks awesome, dude. <laughs> he looks so good. And again, just such an amazing connector piece, role player, glue guy that championship teams need. Mm-hmm. He's like a connector plus. Like he is a very so good, good connecting piece, but he also has the ability to like actually be a pretty good lead ball handler. And and I put that video out a week ago, something like that, about how he's a breakout guy when it comes to his pick and roll game and his playmaking based on what we saw last year on lower volume and what he did at Oklahoma on super high volume, we're seeing it already. And I think his jump, um, I think he's like added some weight. He's, you know, cleaned his, his shooting up a little bit. Like he's had some growth. He's going to have opportunity. The scheme fits it and it should help elevate the playmaking even more. I I think he's a great fit with this team. Um, Is he this team's third best passer? I think he might be. Who are you putting one and two, Russ and LeBron? In some order, yes. I, I, I do, like Reeves more than none from a playmaking standpoint. The only other person, Tim, I would put there is I think AD's gotten really good, but I think you're right. I think Reeves is better. It, yeah, and that's a different kind. I guess it's a different, very different uh, style of of playmaking. Yeah, and, and AD has good playmaking metrics for a big man, but he's improved yeah. a lot too over the mm-hmm. last few years. Like we've seen it in a Laker uniform. 
Yep. And something we haven't seen much of through three games, we've seen 10 total post-up scoring possessions for the, from this team. It is the least frequent play type. They've run more off-screen action than they've run post-ups. So, so different from what we're used to seeing. I think, and I hadn't really put this together until right now, we might be about to see a season where AD is much more frequently used as a role man um, off of handoffs and off of ball screens, just within the motion offense. And But it's at high, but like on high volume because they're just constantly doing it, which should open up a lot of really good looks for him, some short rolls for him. I mean, I'm sure we'll still see a good number of post-ups. That's something that Darvin Ham talked about at media day, getting him, Russ, and LeBron posted up and isolated. Um, and we've already seen a couple good sets to, to set them up in those situations. And because of that, I expect to see probably a – some people are going to call it a breakout passing year for AD – but it's really just going to be there's better structure around him. Um, and he's already been a good passer. So I'm I'm expecting that. We just haven't quite seen it yet in preseason because, one, he hasn't played a ton, and two, the scheme hasn't really – we've seen very little like stagnant 1v1 basketball, which is not something I'm complaining about. It's been good, man. Well, not just on defense too, but on offense, he's he seems like he's made a lot of steps uh, to be – a more important piece on this team and um he didn't start right it was none that first game with ad um it's tough because Who are you talking only, about? oh reeves yeah 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 i think we both had him starting in our ideal lineups right didn't we mm-hmm. yep. so i would like to see that uh, nothing against none we'll talk about him in a second um, I think just what the team needs in in the starting and maybe closing lineups you're gonna get some of that from Austin. You can get a mm-hmm. some of some some of several categories from Austin, uh, and that's just very good for championship level teams. Which I'm not saying Lakers are right now. That's what you want on one. Once you fill out some other ancillary pieces around that. So, mm-hmm. shouts to Austin. Um, I was gonna say let's talk about Kendrick Nunn because yeah. he we're, we've seen. We're seeing him play basketball for the first time since last preseason. And he went like 0 for 5, only played a little bit uh, last year. He looks good. He looks healthy. He, we're seeing what, I, what we were hoping to see, what I was hoping to see last year with the ball handling, the scoring, right. the spacing. He's probably one of the best catch-and-shoot three-point shooters on this team. His off-ball gravity in our metrics at B-Ball Index, the highest on the team last year, or highest among this current roster for last – or. When they most free, uh, yeah, when right, they most right. recently played for him two right, years right. ago, um, I think the answer isn't none or Reeves. I think it's both, and that's what I had in my uh, kind of ideal lineup. Is I'd like to see the two of them, LeBron, AD, and I guess Jones, um, play in 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 the starting group because I think he and Reeves will provide better spacing than Russ. I think they'll be good connector pieces. You've got good ball handling. You've got good secondary creation, pick and roll play, dribble handoff play, spacing. Like they just have the the best combo of skills offensively. And then defensively, I like both of them slotting into, you know, point of attack roles or, or Reeves can be a good chaser. Like I don't have concerns there. They both stunt and recover well. So I want to see – I don't think we've yet seen that specific lineup, but I want to see that specific lineup. I want to see mm-hmm. Russ off the bench – at some point over the, these next three games. And it doesn't necessarily mean he has to start the game not starting, but I do want to see him running a bench unit, and I want to see the starting unit with Reeves and Nunn together. So you can kind of sneak it in there. It won't be, sorry, Rush, you're not starting today because we're testing it out right. without you. No, I think – I thought Nunn looked good. He looked like he, you know, was back in full form. I will say – you can see why the Lakers think he's a two. Um, because as is offensively as a score. Cor- correct. You can mm-hmm. see there are still some limitations as a playmaker. Uh, yes. where he's not quite up to snuff to do that consistently play in, play out. But if you need a basket or if you need to hit him open three, he's there. And it's mm-hmm. been great to have the ball float to a guy on an open three after LeBron or AD get an advantage and somebody is be able to take advantage of it consistently where it goes in his hand and I expect him to make it. Mm-hmm. Which is why I like him in a starting group because, you know, while the scoring is good and you'd like that wherever, if he's in the starting group, he's the third most relied upon playmaker there, maybe the fourth 
if depending on how you slot in AD, if Reeves and, and LeBron are out there. So that makes me feel like his gravity will have the best impact it can have with LeBron and AD. His ball handling and scoring will be set up well, and it'll be a nice punch no matter where he is. And the playmaking will be, I think, slotted in as the number three guy from a passing standpoint is probably the right place where he's adding value rather than being like an okay number two playmaker or a poor number one playmaker. Um, so I, I, that's, I guess, some of the logic going into this as well for me. No, none, nuns look great. And I kind of wonder about, I don't know, the Schroeder addition because the Schroeder is, you know, does some of those things, putting pressure on the Ram, obviously not shooting, shooting as well, but yeah, some of the defensive things that they both can overlap. And I just hope, I just hope none gets that first primary shot. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he will, but yeah. I, I hope the addition of Schroeder and we haven't seen him yet. His visa stuff just got figured out. I just don't want to split the baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to take time to. for Schroeder to get integrated. Yeah. He, he's been working out. It's not like he's been sitting on his couch, but it's going to, he just got here. This is a completely brand new scheme yeah. on both ends of the court. It's going to be an adjustment for him. I think he fits in well, but I expect it to take some time. And because of that, I think Nunn's going to absolutely get a good opportunity to start the regular season. So um, Nunn's looked great. Wenyan Gabriel really shown some flashes these first couple games. Um, mm-hmm. Not only with, you know, he's always been a pretty athletic guy who can and move pretty well for his size but he's getting dump offs he's getting pocket passes he's you know he's competing on the the boards even though he's undersized a little bit he's played some three which (laughs) is probably preseason silliness but i don't know he's just a little bit more dynamic than the last time i saw him but preseason i don't know is it is this fool's gold tim I don't think so. I like what I've seen from him. He's actually like he has put on weight and he to me slots in well as a four giving this team size and alleviating the rebounding concern we we talked about at the top of the show. Um, he, you know, battles on the boards really well offensively, defensively. He's he's very active rotating as a secondary room protector. I've seen a couple people ask if he can be a small ball five. I just you're just putting him in a position to fail at that point and you're very undersized and your rim protection is going to be poor as a four. I like what he does in those areas. I don't feel great about him as like an on ball three defender. Um, I also worry about what that does to the offensive spacing relative to, you know, what if you have any of the other threes in there instead of him, but if his shot is falling and he can stretch the floor, like, okay, if he can shoot like 34% from three, uh, I think he'll, he'll be a decent, power forward on this team. And I think he can probably play 10, 12 minutes a game as like a backup four. And I, he was out of the rotation map I was creating like several weeks ago. So I think he's moved me from what he's, from what we've seen from him so far. I mean, if t- those 10 to 12 minutes are LeBron AD country, there, keeping them fresh, making sure mm-hmm. they're not pushing toward 36, keeping them closer to 30 in a random Wednesday night in, you know, Memphis, that's valuable that because as long as those minutes don't kill you, they'll give you a chance to win that game. You know, you're not because I don't know if we were going to get to it, Tim, but LeBron never goes down. I mean, it goes without saying, right? You say this all the time. This is a bad minute. <laughs> no one's going to create shots. There is no one. There's it's, it's tough if LeBron ever goes down. So we, Oh Yeah need that extra body i think to be competent and still try to win games anytime you have a roster that's built around three guys paid a bunch of money and a lot of guys paid very little money you are super vulnerable if any of those three guys isn't playing up to their level which is our concern with ross from last year or if they get hurt which was the ad and lebron concern last year uh, helping to alleviate that is by getting reps for some of those other players and you simultaneously can do that while resting some of the better players. Um, so if you can, you know, if LeBron could play two minutes less per game than 
he otherwise would have or three minutes less per game, like you can probably still win a lot of basketball games and maybe keep him healthier, make those minutes he is playing better. Um, I see Gabriel's emergence. I see Reeves's emergence. I see the Schroeder addition. I see Nunn's, you know, coming back. These are good problems. That might be the the name of the podcast. We want to make this. These are good problems for the Lakers because it's not, oh no, who can play? It's which of these players that can play and fits the scheme is doing best right now. And if they go down, we've got guys in reserve, which is bananas to say, because again, most of these guys aren't paid a whole lot of money, but there's been such a good scheme fit. And we've seen even with something that stood out to me is, you know, like if LeBron goes down, obviously the team's going to be worse, but even in the non LeBron Russ 80 minutes so far in preseason, we've seen the team generate a lot of good looks. The scheme is working. They are beating coverages. They are beating you with X's and O's. And then they're bricking good shots. Um, they're missing great shots. <laughs> they're missing great they're shots. Missing I love great it. Great yeah. shots. <laughs> um, and if you replace, you know, Max Christie and, and Matt Ryan and some of these guys with, you know, Dennis Schroeder and I don't know if you can play the actual, I think there's a solid actual rotation group. And if some of those guys are in taking these shots rather than the G leaguers we've seen, Scotty Pippen, Dwayne Bacon, um, those guys aren't going to be on the NBA roster. So replace their shots and their bricks with the actual rotation guys shots. I think you're going to, still generate good shots, which is what you're asking for and what LeBron is giving you with his playmaking. And, you know, it's mostly the same cast of characters. If they can't hit the shots, they can't hit the shots and the team's not going to go anywhere. But I think being able to manufacture advantages provides you a better backup plan if AD or if LeBron does indeed go down for any portion of time, which I'm sure he's going to miss time throughout the season. It's it's just going to happen with his age. Hopefully not too much. Um, but if he can play... 65 games i think that's like a pretty good outcome at this point and i think yeah as long as the coach doesn't feel the pressure of the hot seat to force their star to play more putting them in mm-hmm. more of a hard, uh, tough position i don't think darvin ham will be on the hot seat this season i think the lakers have communicated they're committed to him in more ways than just money and a contract with a length that's longer than one year uh, so I think that bolsters, you know, the ability for coaches to not also force themselves into making a rush into things, right? Yeah. If things are going well, you don't need to do that at all, whether or not you're feeling that pressure. And as long as the team's winning, you can kind of tweak and see just how much can we rest these guys? How how can we steal an extra two, three minutes per game from them? and give them extra time to not get injured and to conserve their energy and, you know, get extra reps for some of these depth players that you're looking to develop. Um, so yeah, that'll be what the team's trying to figure out as they get into the season. Again, bringing it back to the Pacers trade. If you go grab two like legitimate rotation players, that makes this easier as well. Neither of them proxies what LeBron gives you, but they are legit real rotation players. So that or another trade for, for guys like that would be helpful if we get to that point. It's crazy because this is a very unique year. I know you – I just briefly want to mention this. I know you talked about Wemby and Scoot earlier. It's pretty special guys, man. And I think <laughs> if you look at the Western Conference right now, Tim, there's some pretty stark, uh, def- def- definitive goals for each team. And it's one way or the other maybe. I think there is no middle ground for so tell me right now winning or tanking I'm gonna list off all these teams denver winning winning they, Minnesota, they want to compete for a title this is absolutely. gonna be the best denver team we might have ever seen absolutely and i think they should be more of a favorite if i'm being honest okay so i'm gonna <laughs> rattle them off right denver okay. winning minnesota winning oklahoma tanking portland they might be one of the in-between teams but tanking you think uh, I they're know, tanking? I, no, they're not tanking. They're no. not. They're going to try to win. They're going to try yeah. to win. They're just not going to be good. But they're they're not going to be. Oh, they're bad. better. They're not going to yeah. be bad. They're, they're going to be. Yeah, they're going to be. They're not. They're better than they have been, and they're not going to be trying to be bad. Yeah, they're going to try to win. They're just not a title contender. Utah. 
Tank. Uh, Golden State. Win, but the vibes are bad. <laughs> uh, Clippers. Uh, win. Lakers. Trying to win. <laughs> Suns. Just say win. Uh, win, but Suns. vibes are even worse. <laughs> Suns. Uh, Kings. Uh, tank? No. I no. Mean, they just traded trying for win. an all-star, Tim. No, that's true. Yeah, they're going to try. They're kind of in the Portland bucket of like trying to win, but you know. They are now the longest streak without the postseason in professional sports. Okay. Win. Win. Okay. So this is taking, sorry, this is taking longer than I intended. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My point being Dallas trying to win. Houston not trying to win. Memphis trying Mm -hmm. to win. New Orleans trying to win. San Antonio tank. So there's a solid at least like five teams in the Western Conference that you get to mostly play. So a third of your league does not want to win. These guys are going to South Park style beat each other by losing. This is going to be mm-hmm. rock fights between the, some of these OKC, Houston, and like that's just the West. There's still teams in the East. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a different Western conference than we've seen. And I think even though it's the 10 or so teams who are trying to win are a little bit closer than they used to be. I think the league, the conference in general is, is worse than it has been. So I'm not trying to make some big, I'm just saying there's opportunity here. If you have your shit together, if you play in a night in and night out, and if you're available, you're going to have nights to rest these guys. I was trying to make that point. That's a great point, Tom. Yeah. I hadn't considered that. If, you know, once a week you're playing a team that's not trying to win, you should be able to either kick their ass and then rest guys for like the fourth quarter or something like that and save minutes that way or just give them a day off. They should be able to steal minutes here and there. So mm-hmm. because that is and should be the priority yep. um, to keep Get things to the on post-season. the rails. Yeah. Win, the, win games, but don't go overboard with minutes while doing so. Right. And you can't go out like last season with those OKC games where you play three mm. quarters of a game and you totally blow it. And <laughs> They're not going to get out coached by Luke Walton this year, Tom. <laughs> I promise you that. Uh, all right, man. Kind of wrapping up this. I know we didn't touch on everyone. I mean, do you want to talk about LeBron? I, there's not much there. No, he's fine. He, he did shoot well in the first game. That's fine. He showed us that he can still very well shoot in the second game. Uh, right. Not it concerned. Exploded in that first half. But Yeah. He, he, AD, and Russ have each had their fair share of uh, kind of lazy moments in the first game defensively. Mm. I'm not going to make too much of it. It is what it is. I don't think – nothing's changed with me for LeBron. I mean, AD going two for four in the one half he played. Cool. Yeah, nothing from him that changes my perspective. Uh, I'm a tad worried about if this team does just hammer drop coverage defensively, which wasn't Mm. what I was hoping to see. It's what they've done so far, which might be because it's the initial base coverage that they're going to build out from, or it might be because that's the plan. And uh, Mm. either way, at this point in the season, I don't know that we could tell the difference. And I'm hoping it's part of a broader, we're going to be able to trap and switch and all these different things. Like Because Damian more. Jones and AD yeah. aren't at their best in drop coverage. AD yeah. is more passable, I'd say, than Jones' drop. But I I want to see, I don't think AD will be optimized if he's just a drop big all year long. Although I think if so, he'll be asked to do less. It'll conserve him more. And you can make an argument that overall it potentially could be better. It's just a little bit opposite the aggressive style defense that we we thought we would see um yep. just to only use them in that that facet so i you're leaving that. yeah you're leaving talent on this table right. i don't know that's not a phrase but you you could do better yeah. you could do you could make more of this group if you are building in those those various you know versatile coverages which and is what milwaukee yeah. did the past season better than any team in the nba the number one overall defensive versatility um, looking at all their coverages and everything, number two for ball screens. So I that's what I'm expecting. If it turns out that Ham's just like a drop coverage merchant, I'm gonna be a you know a little bummed, but it's still not the worst. But to be TBD. I th- I think like anything you want to build, and I think you want a foundational mm-hmm. um, philosophy that might be drop mm-hmm. that you can return to in kind of a safe place. You know what I mean? A general. Yeah 
safe place and then you build on those coverages. So I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. TBD on that. Um, yeah. We mostly talked about most of the other players, uh, but we didn't t- talk too much about Thomas Bryant, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, you know, who else did we not? Damian Jones. We didn't speak too much on anything you mm-hmm. saw there that was out of the norm or surprised you. I guess uh, they were fine. I they're both men. They're they're men contract guys. Mm-hmm. I think JTA's fits really good. I love the the fact that this team has constant motion happening is right in his wheelhouse because mm-hmm. he sets screens well. He knows when the defense is switching and slips them well and makes himself available. He is a smart short roll guy and a smart dribble handoff operator. So he's, this is a great, like I was thinking last year with Golden State was about as well as you can optimize a guy like him. But I think this is up there as well in terms of putting him in positions that make sense for him. And then he's going to get plenty of open catch and shoot threes. He's, you know, been hit or miss with those, which is, it's going to happen. But um, when his threes are falling, he's going to be a great contributor. Uh, Bryant not starting over Jones to me is tells me that, Bryant's not hitting his threes in practice. Yeah. It's not that Jones is lighting the world on fire with his threes. I think we can, you know, Darvin Ham's going to express belief in both of them and yeah. they're occasionally going to take them and sometimes they're going to make them. Bryant's been turning down some of them, which is not a great sign. Uh, what makes me feel a little better about each of them on the perimeter in that four out one in is the amount of times that, okay, they get the ball, their man sagged off of them. Rather than them just not shooting and passing to someone and just losing an advantage, they turn it into a dribble handoff, create a 2v1 situation for the offense because their defenders sagged off. And that's it's turning what could be a bad situation into a good situation. So schematically propping them up a bit, even if the shooting itself isn't where we want it to be. Um, but that's, I guess, what I've seen so far. I'm not worried about either of them. I would like to see Damian Jones. Um, the Lakers need to find a way to insert a little bit more dog into him. He does not box out with any sort of ferocity. He stands there and puts his arms back around you so he knows where you are, but he doesn't try to move you. It's like an offensive line of football that's not firing off the ball. Like you can't just catch the defensive line. You need to fire off the ball and push him. Um, and right now he's just standing in his position and he's not like seven four or something. So you can't get away with that at his size. He needs to get angry. Someone needs to be like his, I'm going to piss Damian Jones off coach every day. Tom, we need to buy you courtside tickets so you can just like, yes. you know, make fun of Damian Jones, and make him angry, um, so we can see him like put a body on some guys. Because that's, that's my one critique with him so far. Okay, um, I mean, I I mostly agree with you, Bree Bryant and um, JTA. I think JTA looks awesome. Another really solid glue piece and a very good value for a minimum um, mm-hmm. as a guy who's been a role player on a championship team. Again, connector piece who can enable a lot of other players, works without the ball, obviously has that really intuitive kind of um, instinct to pull the defense and find advantages without the ball, right? To get the guy with the ball advantages. And his value is less on a team where he's just standing in the corner. He means less Mm -hmm. to the Lakers if he's playing on this team last year. The fact that there's constant motion, constant dribble handoffs, pick and rolls, that is – in addition to what you just covered, like it, it gives him plenty of opportunity to be good at what he's good at. Okay. So I, I really don't completely disagree on Jones. So I do think he played. Okay. I don't know. He's just, he is what he is, man. Like I, I can't get, I know I can, I just kind of hated on him this whole time. Cause like everyone's <laughs> excited about this guy. He's rolling cup big. He's limited. He's not a playmaker. He, is this your God, Tim. <laughs> yes um <laughs> no 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 he he's what he, he's what he is it's just a meme he's what he is it's fine he's fine he'll okay, be better defensively fine. when they're running more mobile coverages and offensively when he's getting some lobs he'll be he'll be good the lakers ran fewer ball screens in the first game than they did in the future games and i think him not being able to be a roller with like LeBron or none hurt him a bit. We also saw none in him not be on the same page with a few lobs, which mm-hmm. is something that I think just over time we'll, yeah. we'll see improvement with. All right, Tim, anything else out of the thoughts on the preseason you want to go through? We're going to try to do some more of these playbacks. If you want to plug mm-hmm. that real quick, let people know how to find that. Yes, absolutely. Go check out. Uh, if you go to, let me make sure I get the link, right? Uh, in the meantime, Tim, I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> yes. I have a trivia question for you. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, just to just buy you some time here. Tim and I were texting about how much we like uh, how much I like trivia. <laughs> now, if we can incorporate it, and and basically, I want to suggest anything where I can further my winning against you. So, any kind of competitive thing do you want to do? I'm, you know, I'm always down. So maybe we pick. I'll ask a question this week. You can ask a question next week. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll try to. We can keep we can we can talk about the rules. This one first one doesn't count. The text conversation was I like you were like I enjoy trivia and I was like oh, I'm bad at that. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like let's do it live. <laughs> Get no choice. So this one doesn't count, Tim. The NBA uh, GM survey for 22-23 came out okay. recently. And for those of you unfamiliar, basically they asked the GMs a lot of these Questions. Who's going to be MVP? Who do you want to start a franchise with and for the next five years? Whatever. So a lot of times just chalk, right? Just pretty uncontroversial answers. So this is this should this is an easy question, but it's in your wheelhouse, Tim. So they asked the GMs which a player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments. And the winner. Got fifty two percent. Okay, uh, I'd say so. I would say Luca, and if it's not Luca, I would imagine Steph being the guy. Um, you can have one answer, but you cannot okay, have Luka. two. Luca is my number one pick. Luca Doncic got seven percent. Oh no! <laughs> Who was it? Steph. Oh, uh, well, Steph, okay. Man. Of course it's Steph. Who the ah. fuck else is just blowing up spacing on a fucking generational level? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Luka, the Luka Doncic offense is just constant ball screen, and you just have, like, anytime you run a coverage, we're going to run a play that beats it, and then you run a different coverage, we're going to run a play that beats it. He was tied for fourth, for what it's worth. Second was Giannis at 14, uh, tied with Jokic. Uh, tied okay. with Luca was Embiid, but it's okay. I feel like it's Steph. Yeah, of course, I see it. I see it's it. all chalk, you know. They just he just won the title, so mm-hmm. also he won last year at twenty seven percent, which is kind of interesting. Interesting, little, okay. Little title bias here. He impacts you when he's on ball as an ISO guy, when he's off ball, just standing around off of off ball screens, off of pick and rolls, off of triple handoffs. It's insane. He doesn't so even get, have to yeah. have the ball to fuck up your, your offense or your defense. Yeah, because like Luca, you have to adjust a ton for him on ball and with ball screens, but not really with the other stuff. Like Steph with, just exists and yeah, is just yeah. a nightmare. Okay, yeah, I, I admit the error in my ways. I, it's okay. I agree with this pick. This is, this is why I want to do these things because you just beat yourself. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Uh, go to getplayback.com slash room slash Lakers watch party, or just go to my Twitter and I tweeted out a bunch. Um, if you haven't done it, we did this last season towards the end of the year, kind of beta testing it. And it was a bunch of fun. We, the experience is rather than you watching the game on just like league pass on your own or on your TV, whatever it is, you log in, you put your credentials into the thing. So I added my Hulu live and I added my league pass and so when a game is happening, rather than Tom, let's say, being, you know, at, sitting at home watching the game on cable versus me on League Pass versus a third person illegally streaming the game, the three of us might not be watching the same thing at the same second. This gets everyone on the same page. Um, all you need are those login credentials. You watch the game at the same time as everybody else. There's a chat in there that has great functionality for reactions, emojis, replies. I can pin things. When Tom is talking, you can see his little circle with his like icon in it. And you can, you know, if he says stuff you like, you can press the fire thing and it, you know, shows fire around him talking. Or if you don't like what he's saying, you press the snowflake and it shows him being like iced out. Um so it's it's fun for that. We bring people on stage during like pregame, halftime, postgame, the way that you would in a Twitter spaces. So you got that kind of experience. And we've also, you know, it's just a fun time to watch the game together, point out the X's and O's as they're happening, react to fun plays in the moment, um, get your perspective during the game, which is a lot of fun, have it be synced up. And then we've also been bringing on some fun guests. We had Raj Chipalu and Anthony Irwin on yesterday. 
um, Taylor Wyman, who does the Basketball Index podcast and is a Laker fan, and he's our like graphics guy at PBI. He'll be a co-host sometimes. Tom will be on sometimes. I'll be on as much as I can. Um, we had Bix from the Discord on for the second half, I believe it was, of the first preseason game of the year. Um, so, you know, getting other voices up there, good analysis. If the Mets are not playing their wild card game on Sunday in game three, uh, if they either win or lose that series by the end of Saturday, we will be doing a Sunday watch party where Harrison <laughs> Fagan will be joining us and Alex Regla will be joining us. If the Mets are playing, I'm canceling it and we'll go do it another time for a real game because um, I'm not. I can't believe a they're the wild game. card, bro. I know, right? They And it's not even that they like collapsed. They won a lot of games and they didn't just like shit. They, they like they, they lost some games they shouldn't have lost towards the end of the season to like that. Teams, good but, too, like, but their record was funny. good. The Braves are just insane. So, it's, you good. know, it's very much a Mets experience. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be <laughs> I'll be occupied tonight, tomorrow that. and yeah. maybe <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So if if not, we're thinking maybe next Wednesday as well. Um, and then as we get into the regular season, we'll we'll do games. Jovan Buha said he'd be happy to join, um, you know, Harrison, Alex, uh, we've got to reach out to some other people, but getting those other voices, maybe some national voices as well. It's just such a good time to hang out, enjoy the game. And we cannot and will not promise that the, the game will be good. It may not be a good game. Last night's game was a crap game. Uh, it was a blowout, lots of bench guys. We will not, we can't make the game good, but we will, we will make the game better. Like we have a bunch of fun, even if the game itself isn't great if the game is fantastic it elevates the experience even more but i would say i so much more enjoy watching the game with all of y'all in our community than i do just like by myself um or by myself and trying to tweet about it but not looking at other people's tweets because then i see things like spoiled um because i'm watching on league pass or you know i want to talk in the discord chat in the game thread but i also know i'm behind other people so that kind of you know being able to be synced up really really adds to the experience again check out my twitter uh, or if you just go to getplayback.com slash room slash Lakers watch party, you'll find it. You could probably just Google Lakers watch party dis, uh, playback and find it that way as well. It's the same link for every single game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, you can go in it right now, even if there's not a game happening, just yep. to like put your credentials in. So you're in. So when a game does happen, you can just, you know, hop in on your phone, your tablet, your computer, stream it to your TV, whatever it happens to be. Um, and, and join us in there. We will run polls. We'll do giveaways. Someone got a six month free uh, basketball index subscription yesterday because uh, pregame we picked between the Lakers spread, the Timberwolves spread, the over, the under, and I bet real money on it. And if we got it right, I did a giveaway. We picked the uh, Timberwolves spread. Okay. I think we learned from our, our, our er- the errors in our ways okay. uh, from the first game. All right, uh, Tim. So, yeah, yeah. I Doing see some you. Giveaways, some fun stuff. Would you say that we make bad games exceptional? We make them exceptional or <laughs> it's not a word. Okay. I, I set you up and you still fucking dropped it, dude. Come on, Tim. <laughs> no, but we'll make Just them better. Just say yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Edit all that out. Yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> all right. So no, all jokes aside, it is super fun. Y'all know it's been my dream to have like a live show. That's an alternate to like, Mark Jackson or even Billy and Stu are kind of just mm. they're hard to listen to sometimes, man. <laughs> Bad We've surpassed times. them. Bad times. <laughs> Bad times of Billy and Stu. Um, but you can come. It's it takes the uh difficulty of syncing up out of it. You're just watching the game with us in a room. Totally legal, I guess. It is yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Because you have to insert your credentials. Yeah, yeah. And even you know, as long as like so like for you, the game might be blacked out on NBA TV through League Pass or whatever. Like, as long as you have a League Pass subscription, you're going to see, like, I think every single game. All right. And, uh, you know, you can always get a VPN. Just saying. Mm-hmm. You can Just use, uh, you know, if you have Spectrum or Xfinity or Hulu Live or YouTube TV, like, all of those work. So it's it's very, very accessible. Come join us. I'm going to be uh, trying to join in some of the stuff next week, hopefully. Um, but... It's a, it's a good time, man. And it's just us shooting the shit. There's no pressure. But as always, otherwise, if you want to get in our Discord, screenshot a five-star review of any podcast player of your choice. Send us that in a DM. We'll send you the link to Discord. Anything else yeah. we got, Tim? We're, we're trying to do a lot here, man. A lot, lot going we're, we're on. We're doing a lot. we got a lot to plug. A lot of good stuff happening. Yeah. I'm about to go flood the uh, film room channel of the Discord with all of the new plays that we saw the Lakers run yesterday. Um, 
for the to get into that channel or to get the bonus pause where I, I did a post game one post preseason game one mailbag. Um, we'll bring you know have fun stuff going on there. Or if you want to make sure you get a question in during one of the playback streams, we've got a special channel for that for the the people of the right subscribing tier. Or if you want to see the X's and O's course and have me break down this Lakers offense, which I think I'm going to do at some point. Um, join the various tiers we have. We want to shout out some of the people who are in those tiers. Uh, TJ, TJ Timotaji, a friend of the podcast for being an arena sponsor. He's been working with me on uh, doing some fun data stuff, as well as to Zach Harris, QDadio, iPod Shuffle, Romario Chamber, Miguel, T. Shuttleworth, Omar, Eric, Roy, Doppel, and Abdul Rahman for living the high life with us in the owner's box, as well to all of the courtside and lower bowl folks. Appreciate the support from everyone. Keeps us going. Um, hopefully, you know, we're getting the content up, Tom. It's content season. And uh, it, it's always good to be watching basketball and be happy about the good things and say that bad things don't matter. It's it's like, yep. you know, peak vibe season. So get in there, uh, chat basketball with us. Um, people in there, you know, making fun of my Colts or, or making fun of the Mets. So we've got, you know, other channels beyond basketball as well. So lots of good conversation. It's truly a community and, and a fun thing to be part of. So go check that out if you have not already. And uh, I'm not trying to bite off more than I can chew, but you know, I've been going, I've been going to school. I've got some After Effects lessons. Ooh. I'm very tempted to uh, start doing some highlight videos just to flex some of my After Effects skills Ooh. that I didn't have before that I'm bolstering. So, again, no promises, but you might see some more video stuff from me this year than you have. So. Fingers crossed. I know we're going a little long here, but let's wrap it up, Tim. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to the fans. Hope you're excited for Lakers basketball. And, uh, shoot this into your veins, guys. Lakers exceptionalism. Let's go. Talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.